It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. So I said to the plumber, the, the leaks are real, but you're. Bill is ridiculous. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, <laughs> I heard that the other day. <laughs> I heard that joke. I thought it was hilarious. Sorry. The leaks are real, but the bill is ridiculous. sequitur. Go ahead. All plumbers' bills are ridiculous. No, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a timely joke. Trying, ah. trying to make a timely joke. The leaks are real. All right. Um. Okay. So, uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Russ, what do you got going on though? Well, um, aside from telling my dog Jordan. Like, Hop up somewhere. The there's a baseball game going on today, and um, the New York Mets are playing the Boston Red Sox. And batting eighth for the New York Mets is Tim Tebow. <laughs> and, and so here's here's what I want to say. I heard he's First trying off, out with the Jets next year in the, in the NHL. Is that true? <laughs> Listen, the Jets already had that disaster. It, it only seems to affect now the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets. Oh, the Winnipeg NHL. The Jets. I was mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this only seems to afflict my teams, but that's okay. I'm going to speak for the rest of Met fans and maybe baseball fans too. Here's the thing. Tim yeah. Tebow is a great athlete, right? He's in shape. He looks good. He says the right things. People like Tim Tebow. Still doesn't mean he can play baseball. He hit 194 in, in the Arizona Fall League. The Mets are batting him eighth. They will sell out the game. They will sell a lot of jerseys. He'll probably go one for four. And, again, who knows if we'll even get a hit off of Rick Porcello, who's only going to be in there for two innings. Garth Brooks went one for 39 in spring training. Now, he was never trying to be a baseball player, and he got a hit. So, of course, Tebow will get a hit, and the Twitter will explode. The question, <laughs> the question is, will he be better than Michael Jordan? Because, remember, Michael Jordan played double A. Yes. Um, no, pretty pretty good. Wasn't he? I mean, like half decent. I mean, Jordan, the problem with Jordan was he hit for a very low average because he had a big strike zone. He's a six foot. So that's why. But, but I think Jordan will prove to be a better hitter because he did do it at the double a level while they're playing with major leaguers here by the second, third inning, they won't be. And so this is just a way for the Mets to throw Tebow in there, get some publicity, sell jerseys and really anger their regular fans because he's taking the bats away from Michael Conforto and other guys that are revying for real jobs. If it's- only there were more baseball games to play, Russ, that they could actually get bats in. <laughs> well, that's, that's, <laughs> I get what you're saying, but the point is they're just – the Mets are adding to the mockery of all this. If he makes the Mets, fine. I will shut up about it. But he actually has to make the team opening day, and so like until then, I'm not shut up about. But if he ma- if he makes the Mets, you're gonna think it's a some sort of conspiracy, or it's gonna be a, a public. No. no, I'll just think it's stupid, but I'll live with it. All right. So, so I'm having a little Twitter conversation with with Ty. Okay, one one second, I want to add something to that to this conversation. Yeah. Brief, brief um, pre conversation here. Um, this the two things. Well, one, Team Tebow is what he is. Right, he's a cultural phenomena. He's yes. You know, very popular among the religious religious people in the country, um, and I have friends who are you know, and I think he's, he seems like a great person. 
Yeah. You know, I, I, no, I, I, no harm, no harm. It's very, you know, and it, it is it is an interesting twist to what just happened with him. Um, the bigger issue, and this is kind of like a aside from Tim Tebow and all the crazy Tim Tebow. For some reason, my mind goes to this because maybe because of where I am right now in um, in youth soccer and all that stuff with my daughter. But there are, I've always had this theory, and, and I'm one of the few people who have this theory that the great athletes, the great players in various sports, like Crosby, or you know, just like throw out, I don't know, Brady, or yeah. You know, any and Jordan's a good example of this, right? The great, the great athletes in any sport, had they chosen to play a different sport, would have probably been great in that sport as well. And I always did believe that. Like I do believe that there's something to this, um, that you know, that yes, you know, your skills might be suited for one sport more than others, but the great athletes are great athletes. And quite often in high school, you know, and before that, you see this. You see like superstars in baseball, football that are in well, like- I the think youth there was a real life guy like that. His name was Jim Thorpe. I mean, yeah, but that, and this, there would be more, there should be more of them now because sure. we have better kids. But why we don't have this, okay, Jim, is because a lot of, is because elite sports force kids to play one sport only at a certain age. And well, that is a, that's a big problem. It's a big, it's- Bo Jackson was a, was a we're gonna have bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From, oh, yeah. Jackson is a great example, Mike. You're right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna log off, log back on because yeah, log back on. It, and it, but you know, I've seen, I've seen this. I've seen kids who just choose to play. You know, I mean, and this is the whole ar argument with hockey in the U.S., right? The best athletes in the U.S. are not playing hockey. They're playing football and baseball and basketball sometimes, and that's why you don't get the great athletes, the great players from America. Now you get more players in America playing hockey. But there really are only so many elite athletes. Well, it's also the cost. We have to factor. No, no, no question. But there's only I so many family, athletes to go around. Hold on, hold on. I don't want to gloss it over because, like, I know a family going through this right now. Oh, yeah. who are very well off, middle class family. Both parents work. They're driving driving hundreds of miles every weekend, and their kids moving up the ladder. I'm watching them because I'm a prospect guy. But it's costing them a lot of no, money. It's 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 ridiculous. It, it, yeah. I, I've talked to uh, I remember talking to um, Danny Breer about this, and he's he's been through youth hockey a lot like that. And he says he honestly doesn't know how people can afford to play. Right. And you know, and that's a that's a pro player. And he's like, I can afford it, but you know, because but I can afford to have like three different nannies running kids to different spots, and then have right. and afford to have like different. It's just totally you know crazy so I, I do agree with the price I mean that's why I didn't play ice hockey as a kid you know I played mm -hmm. football and did really well in it but I, w I wanted to play hockey that's the only sport I wanted to do um they really really wanted to do I mean I would have given up football in a split second if I could have afforded to play hockey but I couldn't right so that that's true but I do think the elite athletes are the elite athletes like I, I think that there's a point at which that this happens and I think so I, I've seen it I've seen I've seen it firsthand he's not proven to be an elite athlete in anything other than college oh, football no that's right right exactly no and I'm not I'm not for Tebow I'm not saying but I do yeah. wish I do I don't understand yeah. but the, well, I think our country has the ability or, or sports in general youth sports has the ability to have more multi-sport athletes than they do they, yeah but, but they just forced these kids into going, playing 12 months a year and it's not good for them it's really not talking, good for them. talking to t talking about Tebow I mean the thing is Russ he did get in the playoffs with Denver. It, it was like, if you watched it, though, he did yeah. have a great team. He had a great offensive line. He had some impact. He did. But there's a reason why the rest of the league really didn't want him after that. Well, because and the reason is because he's a cultural phenomena, and and look at the look at how Denver was excoriated after they, after they decided to go away from him and get and get rid of him. 
I if mean, he was good with the Jets, though. The Jets would have used him in every situation. He just wasn't that good, Mike. He was yo-yoed in and out of the. I mean, I'm not. I don't like be putting putting a position to defend Tim Tebow because I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. But he was yo-yoed in and out of the in and out of the lineup and used. You know, well, they, he just said it. He wasn't that good of a quarterback, but it worked out for him with that Denver team. It did. Yeah, but but I'm you know, not going to take it away from him. There there are other other examples of multi multi sport athletes. Jim Brown with lacrosse and with football. Uh, Bo Jackson, as I said before. I mean, so yeah, you know, yeah. Even Bo Jackson is years ago now. Like and and yes, yes. and that's what what I'm saying is the. But I interview all these kids, Eck, and they're not allowed. They just why that is? Yeah, they're not. At like, 13 years old, they cut them off from playing. Right. And that, that that's see, I I I coach a soccer team that is we're we're, we're one of the um. You know, we're, we're, I think, 14th in the state in our age group. We're a good team. We play, but we go against some teams like this weekend coming up. We have a tournament. We're going to play like the sixth team in the state and I think the fourth team in the country. And they're probably going to beat us. But, you know, because they, I mean, and these kids are practice three nights, four nights a week um, around the clock. And our kids play, look, we allow, we, we are one of the, we are one of the highest ranked teams. I'm very proud of this that allow our kids to play lacrosse, we'll allow our girls to, allow our girls to do swimming, allow our girls to do other sports. And I'm really proud of the fact that we do that. That really means something because, the, you know, as a kid, I love the fact that I had a baseball season, then I had a football season, then I had a basketball season. And I love that where the, my daughter literally plays soccer around the clock, you know, mm-hmm. and she wants to. That's the only sport she really likes. But in a way, it, that's there's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The fact that she's just had so much soccer. That she hasn't really been exposed to other sports. She couldn't afford to play ice hockey. She's starting to play ice hockey a little bit. But we're now, only talking you know, about competitive. There are plenty of kids who will play with their friends, play basketball, besides oh, yeah. being hockey players. But we're talking about competitive. So that, that is a difference. Competitive, yeah. And it and it as a coach from our side of things, it's very hard to keep a competitive team together because there are kids, some kids like, oh, I want to be on the fourth team in this in this state, not the fourteenth team in the state. So I'm going to go to that team over there and play, you know, and play. But I'm not. They're not going to let me play the cross. And then they're and they're, this is the other thing. This is the crazier thing. We got to get going. This is the crazier thing. They're not even allowing them to play high school sports. Like that. Right. That's a big thing. Like our travel team will say, you can't play on your high school soccer team. Right. Because you have to. You have to just play where our tra- and that that is another thing that we will not do. Well, and hockey that, doesn't do that because like USHL. You could play on a high school team and play there on weekends. There have been players that have done it. But there are some. There are some. There are there are some travel hockey teams that don't let you play. In, in, I know, but you don't. Parents could take charge of that if they want to. Yeah, Russ. I mean, I've been I've been on both sides of it as a parent and a, and a, and a coach, and it's hard because if you want to stay on that team, your kids have friends on that team they've been with since they're seven or eight years old. It's hard, and you have to really if a, if a coach just or 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 a club above the coach even just decides to become jerks all of a sudden and say this is the rules that we're going to enforce. You're stuck, Russ. Why don't we save the Gretzky tie thing till tomorrow? Yes, that's fine. Okay. You know, and this is why, and I'll end on this. This is why that I was with a really prominent. My our team was with a prominent soccer club in the area, and last year left that soccer club um, with our entire team because of all the craziness that this, the prominent soccer club was going to say. Oh, you weren't allowed to play in your high school anymore, so we left them, and we and we we took our entire team to another place and played there. And uh, it was a great lesson for them. But it's 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 crazy how we don't let kids play more than one sport. It's just it's just really ridiculous. It, it's it's bad for them in every which way. I think it, it's bad for them mentally. They need a break from from, from things. They, it's bad for them in every way. Let's start. Here we go. Um, we're starting here. Uh, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll start here. Hello, hockey world. It is Wednesday, March eighth, twenty seventeen. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I am Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday. 
is available on iTunes on your Apple in your in the Apple world or at wherever great podcasts are served up. You can find us as well. Tune in right. Yep. 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 Um, and uh, all over the place. Hello. Basically. So so I'm gonna pause. Let's just mute yep, my. Let's mute rice for a second while I talk to somebody. I here we go. Okay. Um, so the, uh, and you know, where, so wherever the, wherever you can find your podcast, you can find us and we're supported by listeners like you at patreon.com slash hockey. We really appreciate your support. And, and, um, we have some fun things coming up for you guys in the future. So thank you for going to patreon.com slash hockey and putting whatever little bit you can in. It helps keep, keep us going here. And we, we, um, we really, now that we're getting that, now that we're out of the trade deadline, we have a little more time. We can do some fun things for you guys. Um, here we go. Let's start off today with uh, we have the business of hockey today to talk about a little bit um, on a lot of levels. Actually, three there's three business hockey stories today, so we're trying trying to bore you guys the tears because we do have a nice little playoff race going. But we have three business stories. I'm going to go in what I think I'm going to get rid of the first couple quickly. Okay, so let's go with um, the uh, the salary cap. The salary cap is being raised. Apparently, if the players want it to be raised. Yes. Uh, which means they're going to have to pay more escrow. They could go up two to three million. That is good news for some of the teams who really were terrified of the flat cap. Um, yes, but yes, but. but go ahead, Mike. Explain the explain. But the, the, thing, uh, the, the indications are right now, and obviously the season is not over with, so the the, the final revenue is not determined. But the way it it sounds, it's either going to be it going down to seventy one million. Or the five percent escalator would be to to get it to around seventy five point five to seventy six. There might be a negotiation like there was last year because there was a negotiation between the PA and the and the owners, uh, and the league uh, to deter to get the cap to seventy three. But we know that the players are sick and tired of escrow. So honestly, with the small and not very good free agent class that's coming out, I think they're going to say screw the escrow and they're going to go to it's going to go down to seventy one million. And that's what I think they should do. Let it be a realistic number. Going up to the other number, they're then rolling the dice that revenues will be good and they won't have to, you know, lose an escrow and they could gain some extra salaries for players. But that's rolling the dice. You don't know what's going to happen. You put money on this one, Mike? <laughs> Just leave it the same. I would leave it the same. Well, I mean, I, 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 I mean, going down – I think they'll negotiate it to stay the same. It's the same. Right. I think it'll stay the same. They may. They may, but I think I think it's very possible that they could vote to raise it this time around. Because the, but, but the escrow I, I, is, tell me why it's a positive to raise it. Because the escrow has never been something they haven't gotten back. The well, escrow last they, year they, it's gonna be. be. Last year they didn't get it. Back. There you go. There you go. Did they? I thought they did. They did not get it back. Yeah. Okay, then I, then I stand correct. I'm sorry. I thought that was the case. I, I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure about it. Yeah. Because I, I talk to I talk to players all the time. I never heard heard that they didn't get it back last year. But maybe they didn't. If they didn't, then yeah, there's something more to think about here. But the bottom line is, the escrow really is just, you know, it's a safeguard put in there, put in place. It makes sense what it is. I can see it being negotiated out of the next CBA, but I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know because you really need you need some kind of wiggle room here based on we don't know exactly what revenues are going to be, you know, and you don't know where the Canadian dollar is going to be, which is really the wiggle room you need. Really, the Canadian dollar it really comes down to, I'm not getting an echo, Mike, I don't know about you. Okay. Okay. Um, the, um, but yeah, the wiggle, the wiggle room to me is, uh, is, is needed. And I think, you know, maybe you somehow can, can tie it automatically to the Canadian dollar. Because that's really what it comes down to. It really comes down to the Canadian dollar. They pretty much know how much they're going to make. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that they were going to get rid of escrow. Yeah, they probably probably won't do 
But what I am but what I am is like, that, break it up. You should probably log out and log in. I think you're on bad internet right now. Okay. Maybe okay. do some modem resetting or something. Sorry. Um, but we're in another we're, 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 we're basically back to the days of when Bobby and Bobby believed too much money. But what happens here is, and you know this is true, I think. I think you'll agree with me on this. When they don't raise it, it's not going to suddenly be be the fact that, you know, TJ Oshie's not going to get his money. It's going to be the fact that the fourth liners are not going to get as much money. They're going to, and that, that, that's who gets hurt with these things. It's not, the, the, there will still be a battle for, you know, the UFAs. There will still be a fight going on for the top UFAs. The top I'm going to log out because I'm back. Okay, it's weird. I was saying, telling Russ, Mike, and, you know, he agreed with me completely 100% without any thought. Um, that just kidding. <laughs> that um, that this by not raising the raising the escrow, you don't affect the fact that TJ Oshie is going to get more money. You affect the fact that the third and fourth liners are going to get, you know, eight hundred thousand versus one million. That's really what it comes down to. It you end up or six hundred thousand versus. It really does affect the lower tier guys. It's not going to. You're still going to have a bidding war for the top players. You just are. And 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 so this this so the, so when the when the when the cap does not go up or even goes down. You end up in a spot where it really affects the players who really need the money the most. The players but, who have like a but, one or two one or two year career didn't have to make as much as they can in that period of time. But but you also have to factor in you're going to have twenty three more NHL jobs. Right. Right. Well, you are, but that's not going to you know that's that's yeah. It's going it's going it's going to open up space for people who are claimed. No, it is. It is. It is going to open up space for jobs. No question about it. But you know that. So can you sit there and say? I don't know. I don't know. Here's the thing. This is better. Leave it the this same. If they make more money, fantastic. Everybody will do well. I think, unfortunately, unfortunately and the players sometimes feel like they need to tweak this number to show that the league is prosperous. They don't need to do that. I think there's. I think. I think it's a combination of. I don't think the players care about the league being prosperous. I think. I do think. I do think the league is there. I, I agree with you on that. But I, I think the players just don't want their cap to go down, and and that and they're right. to go down. You know, the fact of the matter is, if the salary cap goes down, there should be a percentage written into this thing that just says, okay, everybody's salary goes down. But well, that's not what happens. Well, no, but but it, but the thing is, if the cap goes down, the escrow goes down. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, the escrow goes down, but you know, like I, if if they didn't get the escrow back last year, which is possible, that would be the first time in the in the twelve years or whatever of escrow that would have they haven't gotten it. So they that's definitely, and and this is all tied to the Canadian dollar. So I don't know why we can't just tie this to the Canadian dollar and 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 call it a day. You know, like this is the problem of the NHL is that everybody is paid in American money. Yeah, you know, but they that's, but they can't change that until they can't change that until the the CBA expires. So this is the battle that will be fought. No, the battle that will be fought will be over that. It'll be it'll be over the escrow. It'll be over you know. I mean, in my opinion, you know, the salary cap, all contracts should be linked. Should not be. It should not be twenty twenty million. It should not be like eight million dollars a year. It should be seventeen percent of the cap. Like or something like that. That that's really because because the, then then if the cap goes up or down, players' salaries rise or lower. You know, if you right. the problem is that they they make these you know six years at eight million dollars and we don't know what the hell is going to happen with the cap. So, I think you well, can get players for cheaper if the cap kept going up because you could actually say you're going to get seventeen percent of the cap. The cap's rising by two million a year. That's another more money for you every year. Right, but again, it's based on 
you can't artificially increase the cap. You're, yeah. you're only going to increase the cap based on revenue. Exactly. exactly. There has to be. There has to be. There. There has to be. A, there has to be. Right. There has to be a completely. In my system, yeah, I got something that will satisfy the players. You know what you do? Keep the cap the same. Raise the cost of an ELC contract. Heck, maybe try. Maybe try. All right, I'll try logging out, man. Say that. Say that again, Russ. Here, here's my thought. Instead of raising the cap, keep the cap the same, but raise the cost slightly of the entry-level contract because now there's more and more entry-level players in the league. Right. They'll start to make a little bit more money. They're the ones that need more money. The, play, the fat cats don't need more, and, the, and yes, the fourth liners do, but now there's a lot of young players that are taking those spots. Now, Give them a little bit more on the entry level, and then teams may – Hesitate before they promote well, everybody. So, do you mean entry level for the young guys, or do you mean minimum entry contract? level for any min, no entry level for any any rookie status player? Okay, because right now minimum right now entry level is nine hundred twenty five thousand. Right for a first so raise round. it to a, a clear million. Right, three okay. years, three million. Okay, hmm. I mean that, I, I'm not sure what that solves, but I mean I'm sure the. PA I'll tell you what it solves. I'll tell you exactly. So what it solves is. Right now, teams, because these players are bargains, are promoting them whether they're some are ready or not. We see some that are right on the edge, but right. they're taking spots on teams that other players who make a lot more money could play, and it saves the team money. If the players want to combat that, well, then, then it's like, hey, you know what? Let's reward the younger players with a little bit more so if they do get accelerated, hey, they'll make a little bit more money than they used to because now their responsibility is greater the minute they get to a team. Okay, what was the uh, other business? Uh... Okay, second business, second business to well, actually, just a little, little quick one. Uh, secondly, the bye week. Okay, the bye week is just this has just come down in the last little bit here. Yeah, Batman on the bye week schedule, saying it just didn't work. I love that. I love that. This is a good. This is good on Batman. You know, like this is. It is. I've heard the NHL say something like that, um, and it's rare for any company, you know, just to sit there and say it just didn't work. You know, we've had bloggers that could say it just didn't work. You know, but, <laughs> like, but this is um. But you know, here's here's a case. Yeah, <laughs> that's funnier than you know. Um, so here's a case that um, he's saying the bye week is going to change, and how it looks like the bye week is going to change is there's going to only be two bye weeks now, um, and half the league will take it at one point, and half the league will take it at another point. So they come out of it playing um, a team that was just in the bye week essentially, and therefore you won't have any differences with teams being sharper. You know, you know, you know what this is. This is saving the league from having the stat where like three teams won off the bye. So everybody, you know, half you know, the the Western Conference will be on on the bye. The Eastern Conference will be on the bye, and seven teams or eight teams will win, and seven teams will lose. So it'll be even, Steven. But I mean, the funny thing is, is that the bye goes away next year if they go to the Olympics. And right. as I'm sure you're probably going to touch on. You know, Batman was no clearer today than he was yesterday regarding the Olympics. What did he say? There's somewhere between frustrated and apathetic, or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's it's okay. He may be putting on the best face in the world, but it's clear from his rhetoric and from the point of view that's been expressed over the last few months. They don't want to go. We're focused on a schedule that doesn't include the Olympics right now. Batman said. Um, so I don't <laughs> think it's that they don't want to go. I think that again. They that, see no benefits that, in if it's That's coming, right. I, I think we should just live with the comment and move on. It's not even worthy. Of no, but it, no, it's it's worth noting, okay, real quickly, that what Batman says and what the NHL say publicly. Remember, this is my like 
My bread and butter was the lockout. That's when I came into this whole world, right? And I'm mm-hmm. really good at business stuff with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, and talking to people. And I know people involved in this. What they're saying publicly is always calculated. All right. So when he says right now we're doing it, it doesn't include the Olympics. That's like saying right now we're planning on not buying that car from you. You know that we're gonna we're gonna you know and that that's what's happening. It's these are all this uh, these are still negotiations. There there's no question about it. He is there's no reason to say that kind of thing. There's there's no doubt that you're right that there's in, there's internal machinations going on and maybe there's a there's there's an agenda there to extract more out of the IOC or the IIHF or who or the PA to get to to make it more beneficial. All I'm saying is from the outside perspective, they look like a bunch of blithering idiots. No, make I don't think that. I just I I'm I feel Gary's fatigue and I want to move on. That's yeah, no, that's fine. We can't move on. We don't know anything else about this right now. But let's let's move on to um. The real topic of business, and then we'll spend like 10 minutes on this, then we'll get into the games because that's probably more interesting to everybody. But the real topic of interest now is the Arizona, you know, <laughs> and I just learned to say the Arizona. I just, I just learned to say Arizona. Um, well, you might have another year that you could say it. They were like, they were like, my daughter was dating a guy, and I'm like, do I have to learn his name? Am I going to stick around? <laughs> so, I, so I just learned to say Arizona. Um, the Arizona Coyotes, who are now looking like they really could legitimately be in trouble. Um, this to me is the this is and I talked to somebody today and you know all this whole time I've always said the NHL is going to keep the Arizona there whatever happens it's going to end up they're going to keep them there and I've always been that's always been my message because um, that's always been what I've heard this is the first time that I and I hate to say this because I I know so many Coyotes fans and um, and they're great fans but I think that this is this is real trouble now we're talking about we're getting into government stuff we're getting Batman Batman sending letters <laughs> letters to the Arizona legislature. These, this is when things are, you know, and they're trying to get a bill crossed now that'll pay for the. This is really, well, starting to look like too little, too late in a lot of ways because well, this, this, they, got, this, they got sideswiped by this by this losing of the of the college thing. Right. The the, the Arizona's the, the Arizona State deal falling through. I mean, I, like I said, I, we still don't know why it fell through, but this this referendum that's that's being floated uh, in in Arizona. Um, that you know, it's basically a tax break to get the the arena built. The right now the the indications are that the it's like two to one against this. So yeah, yeah. I mean they're 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 flying in the face of public sentiment when it comes to uh, you know getting an arena built. Now you know okay the Glendale thing is a disaster. It doesn't work. They can't make a profit. That's what Bettman said in his ultimatum yesterday. I don't know why there hasn't been more of an effort to get them and the and the Phoenix Suns together because they're playing in the America West Arena in downtown Phoenix, which is an older building. You would think that the Suns would want to pair up with the Coyotes and build a new building. And maybe the Coyotes don't want to go to downtown Phoenix. All I know is that, you know, a friend of mine who lives in Arizona let let me know about the ultimatum yesterday. And uh, when they talked about this, is you know, hockey's just not that popular in Arizona that they're going to, you know, give over hundreds of millions of dollars in tax breaks to build a stadium that only 8,000 people will go to see the game. Here, here's a reality, and, and Mike brought this up. When, when Austin Matthews went into Arizona to play for the Leafs for the first time, they didn't sell out. They didn't even particularly do great in attendance. I don't know what the TV viewing audience was, but I'm going to be willing to bet that this – Major League Baseball spring training game had a better audience. And that's because it's just not a passion in Arizona. There are people that have moved there. 
you know, how many name changes are you going to do this team? Like the Seals were the Oak California Seals, the Oakland Seals. Like, California. are they going to go through a third name change? Come on. Yeah, the California Golden Seals. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, no. It, At some and, point, you have to teams just. Of like, uh, teams of Teams of I've never been a fan of teams that have adjectives in their names, honestly. And not, and, and not, o- not only. Not only did they not sell out, it was two days before Christmas, and I believe it was on a Friday night. And you're talking about the you know the prodigal son returneth, uh, Austin Matthews coming back to to Arizona, and they didn't sell out. So what is that? What does that say? I mean, it's a one, it's a one game standalone thing, but it says a lot about hockey in that area. That for a kid who grew up, you know, in Scottsdale. That they couldn't sell out for that. A guy who's you know pro- probably going to be the Calder Trophy winner. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think want to have more people show up to hockey games in that area. Have them start at four o'clock. That's when the old people go out to eat. No, you want you want to ha- start having people go to go to those games. How about being a good team? How about winning? Well, that's what's hurting putting, them now. You're right. Putting a product. Yeah, that it's not just. Game. It's not. Listen, the, the, you have to realize that there's the history of this team has been awful. In terms, in terms of what they've had to deal with, I mean, in terms of the fact that you know, you not- can go back and look at their historic attendance numbers, and then the same excuses come up. Well, this wasn't right, and that wasn't right, and they had yeah, a great they were team. building nicely until the whole Bossili thing happened, and then things started to go back. There was a build; there was a consistent build with them, and they were getting there. And it was not, you know, and then that happened, and then there were a couple years of crazy fluctuations of is the team going to be there? Is it not going to be there? And and impossible to sell tickets ahead of time. Every year, like when they had to get their get their, I know people who do the marketing for this team. Every year when they had to do their marketing campaigns, it was like clockwork. The second day, they're like, okay, we got to get next 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 week. We start our big season ticket campaign run, and they would right. something went hard. Who number that. one? Number one in the state are the Arizona Cardinals. They've never won anything, but they get supported. They've had what two or three stadiums already, and they play across the street from where the Coyotes play. Right, and they never were good. They never were in danger of. But being, they sell out. That's the point. They don't have problems with football, attendance. Football, but, they, but they only have eight games. They only have eight, right. eight games. It's like one thing to drive out there on a Sunday afternoon. Okay. It's another thing to drive out there on a Tuesday. You know, it's like I've talked to people about this. It's a, it's you know, the place is not. It's not the best place to go. No, and, and, and as I've said, I mean, it's a forty-five minute drive. You did the drive, from, Mike? You did from, the drive. from Scott from Scottsdale to Glendale through Phoenix during drive time. It's it's a tough it's a it's a tough uh, you know road to hoe. But the the, the thing the thing that's forty-five that, minutes. I mean, but seriously, if you really want to go, Eck, how long does it take you to get to a Flyers game? Forty-five minutes to an hour. Thank you. And it takes me an hour and forty-five minutes to get to a Toronto game, but we're we're, we're hockey yeah. diehards. These are these are people who you're trying to get the. I mean, if, the fly, if it, most of the Flyers fans can get there within ten minutes, you know, like most of the Flyers, like, mm-hmm. like I used to live in South Jersey, and it was fifteen. Like when I lived in Cherry Hill, it was fifteen minutes away, you know. Right. So it was completely, you know, the bridge. It's very convenient. The Flyers Stadium is a very convenient place. It's in. The biggest right thing they have going against them now is they're a bad team, and to try and sell them to the legislature when they haven't improved as a team is now a very tough. Yeah, sell and, and, but this is this is all played on itself. You know, this is all. Yes. It, it's it's been. Now, yes. I, but I will never. And this is where I get really I get really pissed off about this thing. I will never sit there and say that Batman and the NHL were wrong to do this because no. I think I think they were completely one hundred percent right to try this and to, and to work as hard as they did at it. Because I'm not saying they were wrong to do it. I'm saying there's a time when you have to end it. No, exactly. I think that that's what's becoming apparent. And I think that that is – and I think that they, they now have their – I think the – for lack of a better term, and the NHL won't be happy about me saying this, they now have their excuse in a way. 
um, and they and they because they really from from Balsillie on. If I'm, and I still believe it wasn't for Jim Balsillie, that team might not be there now. Like I think that Balsillie Balsillie really united the NHL behind. They weren't gonna they weren't gonna have a person do that to them. So therefore, they were not going to let that president sit. So so Phoenix became bigger than it should have been, but for the NHL, they they went in harder. Balsillie forced the NHL to buy that team rather than let them take be and not just buy it, but like really emotionally buy it too. Like absolutely, you know. And there's there are people, excuse me, at the NHL who really. Are emotionally tied to this working. They, they, they their job. Oh, sure. Listen, I think it was a good try. I get the TV aspect. John yeah. Ziegler is the one who put the TV part of it in motion. Gary Bettman picked it up after him. I Here's get it. Remember, four point seven million in that metro area. Okay, right. which is the equivalent of Boston. It's but half of them are sleeping after seven o'clock. It's a top. It's a top ten TV market in the United States. We get the motivation of why only, only Toronto and Canada is bigger, right? But it doesn't right. matter. These people right. are not tuning in. I mean, that we understand the reason why the league bent over backwards to keep them. That I agree that they should have done it. There are people in Canada who don't, but you know what? As Russ said, the time is over with now. No, I'm with you, Mike. I'm with you, and I think that I, I am. I'm the first time I really feel like it might. I mean, I I hate to see a team leave. So I hate to say that, but I think that from a business perspective, they can look at this as a success, and they can say, "Okay, we've grown. We we've grown more hockey fans than the, in than you know even if you can say they have eight thousand people paying for tickets. There's a lot of fans that watch the games out there. There's a lot of fans who can't afford to go to the games. There's a lot of fans who won't drive out to go to the games. So well, can we can we even there, say this? Created, if they put a second team in Toronto, they would have created less fans than they did by putting a team. Okay, in Toronto. let's, let's say, say this. When we noticed that Arizona, before they were Arizona, was really having trouble, why didn't they have really cheap tickets all the time? They had certain perks, and people were taking advantage of them, but they didn't have that all the time. Mike, how much did your ticket cost when you went there? Uh, well, I was sitting in the lower level, and it was $75. Right. And you know that's 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 commensurate with uh, with you know with Buffalo. I mean Buffalo would be right. uh, a little higher, but still. Now I knew Ranger fans that could go there and sit in the upper level for five dollars. Right. Well, you can always go on StubHub and get it. Right. But my point is, they needed to adjust to the market price wise, but they didn't because of the bad parking deal. I get it, but you weren't going to win that, so you probably should have tried with volume, but they yeah. didn't do it. Now the and we'll we'll talk about this you know on a slow day because. You know, this isn't going to get solved by until the end of the season. But the question is, will this be the quick parachute into Quebec, or will this be waiting a year or two until Seattle gets their act together? I, that's what I want to talk about. But let's, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Think, yeah. Actually, we didn't even talk about this amazing performance by Ryan Miller. 367 yeah. saves. 367 saves. Wow, that's something else. I'm impressed. Jeez. But he got the third star. The writers got it wrong. No wonder they didn't want to trade him. But he only got the third star. Yeah, that's 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 hard, man. That's the people who feel like the writers in Canada are against Vancouver. I agree with you, definitely. Um, West, West Coast bias. Oh, for sure. All right, let's go to the NHL standings, shall we? Um, last night we had we had my first night of my first losing night in the projected standings for for us. Um, <laughs> we went four and five. Uh, last night, um, so you know, but that's still, you know, that's still we're still missing us at thirty-eight and thirteen or something like that. Still like seven hundred over seven hundred percent winnings on the year. But four and five last night with a couple really interesting games. Um, well, 
the lead oh, story. I don't know why my computer thinks New Jersey can beat Columbus because it's proven twice now that it can't. Okay, so I don't know. Really we warned you too Put in that Columbus is going to lose to New Jersey, and knowing that it wouldn't happen again yesterday, and so freaking frustrated by that. <laughs> um, but I have to go with what my computer says. This is not me predicting. So, but, but no, I hope my computer next time if they play, like New Jersey hasn't even scored on Columbus in two games. Right out there. It's been two shutouts that Columbus has had against them in the last week. Anyway, um, but the Flyers, they, they beat what looked like an absolutely terrible Sabres team last night. And that, I mean, that is the worst Sabres team I've seen in, in years. And this just goes back to, I mean, the, I guess part of it was just the fact that they were just defeated mentally. But it's I wouldn't, I wouldn't. That Claude Giroux goal, the one that it took forever for Bilesma to – by the way, they gave him two minutes to – did, did you hear Keith Jones on, the, on that? On that? Yes. That was hilarious because they go to – is that goal going to be tested? The, the referee is standing while Bilesma looks at the thing on an Correct. iPad. And I'm like, wait a second. That's not how this is supposed to work. No, go to do the face-off. Don't give him two – They gave Jones him two is like they gave him a whole lot of time to decide what he decided. decided. But here's he the thing. But he, and they did, and they still got it wrong. Here's the <laughs> thing, though. That goal – was everything that you hope fans don't hang on Robin Leonard because there was a great first shot. He makes the great first save. He can't hold it because it's like in a weird spot. It's under his arm. He makes it. There is nobody to clear the puck. Not a defenseman in sight. Yeah, Giroux's there by himself. You're leaving Claude Giroux, who's like one of the leading scorers in the NHL over the last All by himself. Years. All by himself. And I want to sit there and say that Robin Leonard is my least favorite goal in the NHL. Nah, I disagree. No, and I'm not. I'm going to say why. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying he's terrible. I mean, he's a good goalie, obviously. But I'm just saying, from my perspective, what I like in goalies, he is exactly the opposite of it. Okay. Like I, I am a big fan of goalies who, you know, I remember when I when I interviewed Bernie Perron. I'm going to name drop there. Boom. I interviewed Bernie Perron, and um, he told me that um, there were two different kinds of goalies. There's goalies that made saves, and there's goalies that stopped the puck. And I've always been a fan of goalies that make saves. And that was like you know, Tim Thomas is that way. Jonathan Quick is that way. Um, Neuwirth is that way. Um, and then there's goalies that stop the puck. You know, Mason's in that category. Um, but Mason will make, will, will also make saves. He's, he's in the middle somewhere. But, and then to carry Price is like stop the puck goalie who can also make saves. He, he, I put him with, in that Mason category. There's a middle category there. But, but then there's Bruce Gala, okay, who just, the puck hits him. Like that's, it's all about the puck hitting him. Bruce right. Um, I used to think Anderson, who's on, who's on um, Toronto, was like that too. Um, but I don't think he has been as much this year because he has no defense. He's got to play a little bit differently. Right. But I, th but I think that, and I, you know, and, but now when I watch Leonard, he is the epitome of a goalie that goalie that's that, that blocks pucks, but doesn't make saves. And he is, cause he's so big. He moves. So his movements are, and I, I haven't watched enough Buffalo this year, so I apologize for this, but his movements are so intentional with everything he does. Um, and he acts like he reminds me of when you're playing against in open hockey, when you're playing against a really good goalie who's playing against other players who aren't as good. They're just barely moving, but they're making saves. He and he really depends on luck on so in so many instances. Like he, you know, no, he depends. He depends on he depends on being big. He he uses he, economy. He just, he's just he uses economy of motion is what he does, and that's and that's and you'll see him like on a sh on a pass across where you'll see a lot of goalies will make the dive slide across. You know the leg the going up. He is literally just moving his leg like this, boom, you know, just, just, just a chick out to the side. That's it. Nothing else. Just, he's not. And, and there are a couple times when, you know, you're like, 
how can you even say it's a great save when he all he did was move his leg to the left a little bit? It's like he doesn't save. he's not doing anything. I'm sorry, that's just a rant on Robin Leonard. I was just great saving the puck from going over the goal line. That's the that's the end result. I mean, it's, I know. And I'm, I'm just saying that's why I don't want to say he's the worst goalie in the NHL. I'm just saying he's the least favorite of my kind of goalie. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that, but I mean, uh, what I what I learned what I learned from that game is, you know, the Buffalo defense. I mean, Jack Eichel had a very good game. I think it was two. He had a great game. Had a great game. Phenomenal out there. And other than that, and Evander Kane scoring the one goal, it was awesome. a good. Evander Kane looks really good too. It was a yeah. complete. It was a complete mail in from the Sabers, especially on defense. And Philadelphia played, I think, with the requisite amount of desperation for a team that is in a playoff race, and they kept they kept pace. Yeah. Uh, with Toronto, who won, and we'll get to that one in a minute. But and the Islanders, who won in Edmonton. That so was- now that sets up a, a pretty big matchup at the ACC tomorrow night because that you know if if Philadelphia wins, they I believe they pass or they tie Toronto. Yeah, the Philadelphia matches up horribly against Toronto. <laughs> like that. The, the, well, well, yeah, they because match up against Buffalo, they match up terribly against Toronto. So they do match up because the problem is Philly doesn't have big centers. Toronto does. And they don't have this. They don't have now with Boyle there. That's really going to be a matchup problem for the Flyers. They don't. Well, have, they don't. They don't have the big defense to clear guys either. So they're. No. they're you look at those. Those are two things that are really. And Mason but, does not play well against Toronto either. So you have well, a lot. Maybe, of, maybe they'll go Neuvirth. I mean, and and but the thing is, Toronto can't clear. Toronto can't clear Shen and Simmons and those guys away from the front of the net either. I mean, they they were lucky last night that Detroit is so horrid. Um, and, and just to, to follow on the on the the goal review of the other in the Philadelphia Buffalo game, they took over. I'd say it was about five minutes to yeah. clear the Marchenko goal, the goal a minute and five seconds into the first period. And this is the thing that we're gonna we're gonna have to deal with when it comes to the playoffs, Zach. You're gonna have because playoff goals obviously are more important than goals in the regular season. We're gonna have eight to ten minute delays going over and over and over. Uh, replays in the playoffs because of the importance of the goal, and that will be dreadful to watch. I agree. It will be horrible. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I, I really, I don't. I do think that there needs to be a statute of limitations. Like there has to be a clock that starts to run after a goal that mm-hmm. says, "Okay, the the goal at that point." Like someone has to hit a stopwatch. Goals happen. Boom! You've got one minute to challenge it. That's it. If not, if, if you don't challenge it, because you can't, you can't let what happened last night happen. It was insane. No. I mean, it was a perfect case of Bosma. Cashing in some of his um some of his currency that he's collected over the years by being just nice to referees like Bosma. I've heard Bosma is a great guy. Like the referees all say when he asks them who's your favorite coach, they'll say Bosma. Bosma's like sure, always fair. Yeah, no, he's always fair. But last night was the perfect was the, was like that's what I kept thinking about when they were giving him all that time. Like wow, they're just giving him all the time because he's Dan Bosma. And let's, um, let's talk about this Florida game for a minute because yeah, for everything we've talked about with Florida, like the beginning of the year hey, they might be a playoff team. Mike and I weren't on board because of their defense, right? We looked at the defense. Right. We said there was too much movement on it. We didn't pick them for the playoffs, if I remember correctly. Yes. So last night, they, you know, for, for about a week or more, they've had everybody back, and they played a pretty dead game against the Rangers. Now, Lundqvist had to make some great saves, definitely. But for the most part, you didn't see the best game out of their best players and their defense was atrocious. Like, there was a play, this Kevin Hayes goal was a shinny goal. All he did was make one extra move, and, and James Reimer, like, absolutely S-H-I-N-N-Y, just... S-H-I-N-N-Y, by the way, it's just S-H-I-N-N-Y. And just absolutely bit at it. And and James Reimer had to come out of that game for Rito Berra. And the funny thing is, 
is I can make you the argument that Reed O'Bara is every bit the goalie that James Reimer is, except they gave Reimer the money. Well, and, and see, this is this is the thing because I've had ex extensive experience with James Reimer. James Reimer, uh, when the tough gets going, James Reimer disappears, and that, and that's that is the case. He's he did it constantly in Toronto. He's doing it now. He gives up two goals on six shots against the Rangers, a team that had played in Tampa Bay the night before. You know, it, it, Luongo is out. They have to rely on Reimer, and this is where I think you know. I mean, right now. Look at the record that the the Panthers won five games in a row on the road. They come back home. They have six of the next seven, or sorry, seven of the next eight at home. They've gone. They've lost to Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa. They beat Carolina in a shootout. And then they came back, lose two to one to Dallas, lose to the Rangers. And oh, let's see, the last game is against Minnesota on Friday. So I'm going to really bet against uh, bet against uh, the Wild on that one. And Tanner Glass scored. That's all you need to know. I will say this about Reimer, um, you know, just the point counterpoint. Okay, it, I, I don't disagree with you that he's come up small in big games before, um, but he also was the only reason Florida's even in this race because sure, the, that's fair. You know, like the last couple of weeks, he was just he was on fire, and he went on that on the on their road trip, he was unbeatable. Um, and he was. But this numb. is a home game that he had to win. Oh, I know, I know, and that's that's inconsistency. But I'll also say this, you know, and I think I can say this without getting in trouble, but. Um, <laughs> That there were, I, I don't see why not. This was off the record for a while. Florida turned down a lot of offers for James Reimer this year. I'm sure they, they teams were trying to get him. Like Boston tried to get him. Um, you know, I think um, Calgary tried to get him at one point. I know LA tried to get him for sure. There were, there were, there were. Reimer was like, like they were amazed at how many calls they were getting on Reimer, um, and because people oh. do see him as a as a really good backup. Well, but but Ak, he they signed him to five years at almost four million dollars. So, yeah, which is which is what I'm saying. Which is why it was all the more astonishing that they were getting calls. On. They really but here's, here's the weird thing, Ak. The things that we didn't like about Florida, we talked about at the beginning of the year. Luongo's getting older. Well, now he's been partially injured. The defense wasn't. There was too new. Well, they are still too new because even a guy like Keith Yandel had zero impact on the game yesterday. Zero, maybe yeah. less than zero. Mike Matheson had less than zero impact. On that yeah. game, he's had some good games. Don't get me wrong. Matheson's had a pretty good year. Big free agent signing Jason Demers minus three. You know, they right. spent almost five, almost five million dollars on him. So this is a and, and Tom Rowe really showed like no emotion behind the bench. Like to me, this was a very important game for Florida because if they could have strung this win with what they did on the road, they could have like really shown their fans, hey, you know what? We are really in this now. They're in it via points. But I sort of question now when they start playing some of these tough teams, how they're going to play. Yeah, no, that's. And Yager looks like he's wearing down. Let's be real about this. Too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Now he is definitely. They can't depend on him as much as they've depended on no. him. Um, you know, and you, you've got to use him in the right ways. And, and you know, he is what he is. They and he he's gotten them points. He's 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 a coach on the bench. He's, he's, all, he's all the things you want from him. Yeah. A couple other things that happened last night that are really interesting um, beyond these games. Um, first of all. The, the fact that, like you talked about the Islanders winning in Edmonton, the Islanders never win in Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton needed this win very badly. They and, did. And, you know, actually, according to my – so you'll see my projection thing I'm putting out now. This actually knocked Edmonton into the second wild card as the projected final standings, this loss. And that's from going from third place in their division down to this, this by this one loss. This was a major game for them that they had to win. Um, this really put the Islanders almost solidified all eight – according to my thing, almost solidified all eight playoff, playoff spots. But they're still, they're still obviously when you look at the actual. This is just. There's a lot of games. 
The Islanders yeah. have such an easy schedule. And I want to make this clear, like, you know, like I said before, if I could, I should rename my projected thing. I want to know if you guys, um, the what should happen final standings, because that's really what they are. They're, they're, they're basically just, you know, like if, if teams that should beat other teams beat other teams, this is what happens. If the right. Islanders can beat the teams they should beat the rest of the way, they are in. Um, and that's the bottom line. They, they need, they need to be upset by teams that are behind them to lose out. Um, but, and this game last night was, so this game last night was hugely important for them and setting up the other way. And, and also another th- another team that really set themselves up last night in a big way was St. Louis, um, beating the wild, you know, like that in, in over, I mean, this is a team that, you know, they've been in and out now that you're looking at right now, they're at the second wild card spot, but they have, they have the, they have like one of the easiest schedules left in the NHL as well. And they could very easily, uh, and I, I really do believe they'll, they'll be, they'll end up in third in the central. I don't think, I think Nashville's a wild card team. I think that's flat out the case. So you want an indicator of how easy the Islanders schedule is five of their remaining. I think they have 18 games remaining are against Carolina and New Jersey. Right. So and New Jersey to the Islanders can be tough. Okay. So that the New Jersey can be tough to any of those teams, any team in the Atlantic, you know, in this area, in the Metro area, New Jersey can give the devils, the devils can give the Rangers Islanders and flyers all fits, but, sure. but, but still, you know, you're right. I mean, the, the Islanders, the Islanders are going to have so much to play for in those games. And this New Jersey team is a very different New Jersey team playing a different way than the past New Jersey teams have. So that's possible too. You're right. Can you translate that? They're a bad team. Is that the they're, translation? They're, no, they're just, um, they're yeah. a bad team. Let's say it. Come on. But, 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 but bad, see that what Ak is saying. And I agree bad teams when it comes to playing against rivals can win because they're rivals. Yeah, sure. Like, that, that, that wasn't but the this case. This team has so little scoring that I question that. Right. A couple of things that really stood out to me today. First of all, Florida actually, even though they lost and had they played horrible last night, for some reason, because of their schedule coming up and because of other things that happened last night, is now in back is the leapfrog Boston back in the playoffs in my projected standings, which is really funny. Um, well, and not only that, but the matchups for them, um, you know, being third in the Atlantic, that's because that's where they would fall. You know, they're not a wild card team; they'd be third in the Atlantic. The matchups for them favor them incredibly because they play they play play Ottawa really well. They play Montreal really well. These are two teams that they really that have dominated. So, but who's in net? If Reimer's in net, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I know, I know. There's so, but but it's interesting how they could, they could go from not being in the playoffs to being a conference finalist almost in my in my thing the way it works out. So that's just that's just that's the hearsay you heard there. But it's just interesting to see how these. I'm a big fan of like that, but the butterfly theory of like some of you know there's one thing happens here and all these other things follow, and that's true right. all the time. So we'll see um, how that plays out. But and so le- so last night also you had um, what was the other game I wanted to talk about? There was another really good one. Um, Edmonton. Yeah, the Islanders Edmonton. We talked about that a little bit. They were just they were just it was a really big game for them. And I guess that was it. And, Mon- and Vancouver played incredibly well against Montreal, even though Montreal won that game. Um, you know that's Montreal's quietly. You know Claude Julien has five wins in a row with Montreal. You what know? about the Leafs game? Oh yeah, let's and then the Leafs game. Yeah, we did talk about that a little bit. They, well, I'll, I'll 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 just I'll just say this: uh, Detroit is a mess. You know, they've obviously traded. Uh, um, you know, uh, dumped at the deadline, traded Yurko, traded Vanek, traded Brendan Smith. The Leafs were up three nothing uh, in the second period. Detroit scores late in the second, early in the third, and then the Leafs against Detroit, a team that is playing shorthanded, were holding on. By their fingernails. That 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 is the problem. I mean, we, this is a yeah. young team with a lot of offense, a lot of positives into the season. They, you know, they could very well make the playoffs. But the problem is that adding Brian Boyle and adding Eric Fair, who hasn't played a minute yet, yeah, 
were not if they were really interested in making the playoffs, those were not the moves they needed to make. The moves but they Boyle needed. Boyle won a big faceoff at the end of the game to keep it away from the Red Wings. Wonderful. That's great. I'm so not saying it's a bad win. Mike is saying this is a bad win. I'm saying that it's not a convincing win, Russ, because they've been playing losing hockey. They they went five losses in a row. They barely beat one of the bottom dwellers in the league three to two at home. So this is a bad two points. No, it's a this, it, is, a, this is an example of though that's a good two points, but an example of like, you know, the fact that that it is not easy to make the playoffs in Toronto. Is right, but, you, but they still that. won. You take the two points and you run with it. But all I'm saying is the next, the next, three of the next four games are against Philadelphia, Florida, and Tampa. There's your season. They lose yeah, Philadelphia, to, Florida, Philadelphia, Carolina, and Florida. Try that. No, no, I'm just saying in the next week they play They play the three teams that yeah, are immediately trailing them. And they play Carolina. That that's a game you have to win. You know, you simply that's have a game to you have to win, but it's also, also a team, even though, they, even though they're they're slumping now, that they've always had trouble with. But can't you experience yeah. a little joy, Mike? Your team is actually in it. I'm tr- I'm not I'm not a fan here. I'm looking at them objectively. I know, I know. But even the fan in you, there has to be a little bit of joy. It's better than if they had if they no, were I'm not rip on Mike, but I'm going to go on oh. Mike's side on this one, Russ. I'm going to go with Mike on this one because I think that he's I mean, he's right that this is I mean, that I mean, the win is the win, but the fact is that this team the next you know, you're right. The next four games are going to are their season. I mean, they really That's have fine. To. You could look at that and say, "Hey, the next four yeah. games are the next four games." But if we went back and rewinded this show to last season, you know, we had this kind of discussion like, hey, what if they were competitive? And now we were right about Mike and my ex. We were sort of right that they might be competitive and might surprise people. I thought they'd be right on the bubble, and they are right on the bubble. That's where they are, you know. And, and they really are. I mean, I, that's what I thought they would be at least. And, and I, I also, by the and way. they've done I, better than I thought because I didn't pick them for the playoffs, and yeah, most people didn't. Everybody and their brother thought that they were going to be a bottom five team because nobody expected Matthews and Marner to be this good this quickly. I did not have them as a bottom five team, if you remember. And I also no, that's fine. Mike's right though. Most I'm not the brother of anybody else because I am not. I not him as a bottom five team, and I didn't. Also, I also want to note that I had Ottawa second in the division. So um, and I got last. I had Ottawa last place in the league. Right. (laughs) So, um, and Ottawa. This this is what I wanted to talk about. Okay, as good as Montreal has been, there's something crazy going on with Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are just it's 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 really just it's phenomenal to watch. They are, I think, let me get them as up here. Two points well, back, right? Yeah, I mean it it, it started with the reaction. No, there's six points back. Yeah, it started it started with the the way the team reacted to the Craig Anderson. Uh, scenario with his wife, right. you know, right. everybody, everybody had sympathy with that, but they, you know, they sucked it up behind Condon, behind Andrew Hammond for a time, and they, you know, they, they, they lost Clark MacArthur in training camp, basically, never, never got him back for the season. That was a top six forward for them. They've yeah. lost some of their key players to injury. They've been resilient, and now they've got most of their players back. They add Burroughs at the deadline. You know, the, and Burroughs has scored three goals since they acquired him. I mean, I things – Bobby Ryan back, right? I and mean, he's like one of their top players. Who is – I'm sorry? Bobby Ryan. He's not back yet, right? He's not back yet, but but I mean they got Stone back, they got Hoffman back. Right. Turris is having a good year. Brassard has fit in well. 
Um, you know, the, okay, they're six points back, but they have three games at hand. So that's why I was saying, you know, yes. you're right. And yeah, you're right. So I think, and I think the issue here is you got the math wrong. Act. That's all I want to point out. So and I know they're closer. And my 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 thing has has the teams tied in Montreal winning the division on on regulation wins. I mean, that, that this the the schedule the rest of the way is really kind of crazy. Ottawa has a pretty easy schedule. Montreal's got a tougher. Listen, game. I was completely one hundred percent wrong about Ottawa. I admit it. I mean, it's not you know, it's not it was it was tough. I, I still think there's hope they finish last. Stop it! And I'll tell you the thing that's crazy here is that is the team that no one is talking about, and I will keep banging this home because of the schedule they have, because of the way they've been playing lately. Is the Dallas Stars are still a problem, um, and, and and everybody's written them off because this is not you know Dallas has been really good all these years and no one they never snuck into the playoffs. They I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they are still a problem. Um, I mean, they're they're in it. I mean, they're, they're in it more than you think because they have an inc- they have the easiest schedule left in the world. They play like they play. Colorado. I'll still take the Kings over the over the Stars with one game in hand. I'll bet you on that. I'll definitely bet you on that. You got all right, five bucks. I mean, five bucks this. I mean, the star. The you should have used your computer because you betting me, your history is not very good. No, the I'm stars, using the computer. The stars right now are seven points behind St. Louis. I mean, that's I seven. But all he has to do, Mike, all all the stars have to do is come in ahead of the Kings now. That they and they and all the you no know, really all the stars have to do is make a wild card. You know, they they can actually. Right, that's all they have to do. So that wild card is, you know, that to me, they will one of those teams. Basically, one of those teams is going to make the wild card. Right, that's what you would think. Um, I, well, no, actually, it's not true. There's no, um, Winnipeg's still sandwiched in there and they have yeah. more points. And, you know, Nashville would have to be knocked out for them. To they be played the most games, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that schedule for the, the, the Stars. Let me let me go through this with you guys. This is really insane. Um, and this is why – now, tonight they play Ottawa, okay? But they have destroyed Ottawa. This is another team. They, again, this is the, cap, the Capitals the other night. They beat the Capitals. Again, they have a history of being really good against Capitals. The only team that, that they're less good against than the Capitals – is the Senators. The Senators, they have, like, there's another, they're, so they're playing these teams that are crazy good. Then they go to the Sharks. That's a tough game for them. Edmonton, yeah. Vancouver. Honestly, I, I, don't, I don't see how they make up seven points. They have, they have to catch St. Louis. St. Louis is at 71. They're at 64. I think they have to catch Nashville, actually. I honestly think that's how it's going to play out, because I think St. Louis has such an easy schedule that they're going to make it through. I think Nashville's the only team they can catch. Right. Or perhaps they could catch Calgary or Edmonton if one of those fall out. That's really how I see it playing through. But you know, th- those are the other other spots that could fall out. And you know, Edmonton, I, mean, I don't think is going to fall out. But you're talking about a ma- you're talking about a massive coll- I mean, it's not unprecedented. Yeah, no, it's, a massive, it's it's along the lines of where Philadelphia was last year at this point. Honestly, it's the same in the same kind of boat. And Philadelphia made it. And and it's it's very funny because last year my my thing did predict Philly to come in. And as when I was so I went back and I re reviewed like the way it had Philly getting in and the way it has sort of Dallas it doesn't have Dallas getting in, but it has Dallas falling short by one point. So something could happen. You know, so it's kind of like we'll see how it plays out. But I know, do have I, breaking news if you want it. Yeah, please, please, please. Okay. So Tim Tebow, Tebow is just up <laughs> one and two count. Rick Porcello is a great pitcher, as Mike knows. Yeah. He throws it right down the pipe. It looked like a breaking ball. Tebow doesn't swing. He's frozen. The umpire gives him the little extra this, and Tebow stops and stares at the umpire. That's Whoa. the problem with this whole Tim Tebow effect, right uh, there. Uh, Russ, you know what he was doing? He was doing an homage to Carlos Beltan. Yeah. <laughs> stop. Just stop. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, that's the problem with this whole yeah. Tim Tebow effect is there is an ego there, too. Yeah, no, no, no there's – yeah, don't, don't make any mistake about that. Yes, there's no – I'm not – you know, he's a good guy, but he's, he's also, a, he's also a, a brand. A professional athlete. Yeah. He's also a brand. He's a brand himself. He's a brand. No, my, that's right. He's a brand. 
And you know, there's and he didn't like getting called out. And you know what? Baseball's a tough sport, man. It's hard. Oh, yeah, to no, there's no. The, this is the one thing I do like, and I don't like baseball. But the one thing I do like about baseball is the fact that it is just. What's it's that? humbling. Holding battling? No, no, that's what he's used to from umpires and refs. He's oh, yeah. Used to, uh, no, baseball no, is – baseball, the, the, the amazing thing about baseball is the fact that it is is the only team sport that is a one-on-one -on -one sport as well. Right. And the fact that you have this one-on-one -on -one aspect of pitcher versus hitter is phenomenal. Um, and then it turns into a team sport after the pitch. Yep. That I love. That part I love. That I love. And so when you – so you can't just suck at it and get away with anything because you have to beat – you have to beat not only the pitcher, you got to beat the team in, out there too. So right. you really have – it's really hard. And the pitcher at the end of the day, if Tebow can't hit – Like he's now facing a great pitcher. It's not yeah. like he's getting reported that he's hit nine home runs in batting practice. In batting right. practice, they want you to hit the ball. No, they're just lobbing balls up. Did you see that, by the way? That was – just before we get out of here, there was a really funny thing the other day. Um, it was a – some. So it was, it was, I guess it was Maddox on, um, you know, the old pitcher from. Oh, yeah. Who, who oh, Drake Maddox. Yeah, he got uh, dressed he up. As a, dressed, so, yeah, so what he did was he dressed up as a, um, as like a, as like a field guy, like he was fixing the fields. And someone went out to hit, you know, someone was going out to do batting practice. And the batting practice pitcher says, oh, you know, I, they did, they were, they were, they were, they were, um, you know, basically they, throwing they with something. They think they got pulled muscle in their arm and he right, took I gotta over. go and the bit and then the, this guy is like oh his beard and everything he dies like he was like digging up the grasses I'll, I'll pitch. He's like oh yeah you know, to, to this major league hitter is, and in batter practice he's like uh, and the major league hitter's like oh yeah I forget who it was but it was really a pretty famous hitter. I think it was like, it was like Bryce Harper or something yeah, like, that. like that. And he's like oh, yeah right it was Chris Bryant from uh, from the Cubs. There you go. Yeah, he's pitched a little bit. So he goes, <laughs> so Maddox goes and grabs the ball and just and just is throwing like ninety mile an hour pitches at this guy in with like you know in like just just covered with mud and with this big giant beard. It was classic. He's an all time great. I mean, that's a great thing. I mean, it's classic. I really love that. That that you know, I love when teams go out of their way to do something fun like that and interesting. That's what that's what that's what makes the internet great. All right. Well, tonight there are not that many games tonight. We have just have there's three games tonight. And before we get to the NHL, NHL uh, simulator, uh, let's just talk about the games tonight. Tonight we have. Um, hold on. Two, two, the three games: uh, Red Wings, Bruins. This will be big for uh, the Bruins. This is the Wednesday night rivalry night, and I don't know. I, I don't know what rivalry there is between the Red Wings and the Bruins. Obviously, uh, but uh, the big game for the Bruins. They're only two points up on Toronto uh, for third place in the uh, in the uh, in the Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, Stars and Senators, as we mentioned before, and Pittsburgh. Uh, Sidney Crosby goes to Winnipeg to face Patrick Laine and the Winnipeg Jets, yeah. who I think are pretty much out of it. In the uh, predictions are all wins except uh, or what you'd expect Pittsburgh winning, Boston winning, but um, but I have Ottawa losing to Dallas in overtime. I don't know why my computer wants to do that, but my computer does like Dallas. Like I said, your uh, computer is secretly a Tyler Sagan fan. Somehow it is, so we'll see what happens. Um, but it, it's been and the funny thing about it is, <laughs> I never told you guys the story. The first, the very, I'm gonna say this real fast. The first time we did this thing, the first, the first game we were gonna do was the night the Penguins were playing the Stars. And my wife, we're running the formula out, and it has the Penguins losing to Dallas. And uh, they had just traded away all their players. And I'm saying to my wife, I'm like, we can't, they, we got to work it so that doesn't happen. Like, that can't possibly <laughs> be true. Like, there's no way. I mean, we put this out there right away that's saying that Dallas is going to beat Pittsburgh. We're going to get laughed out of the ballpark. You know, they're, they're trading away all these players. I mean, maybe they're, you know, they're whatever. And of course, you know that Pittsburgh lost to Dallas that night. 
And then the same thing happened, but you know, and we changed it so they wouldn't because we, we actually reworked the whole formula so that Pittsburgh could not beat Dallas. And then we stuck with that formula for the rest of the way. So it's been pretty good. Anyway, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Remember, without the buzz, it is just talking. Oh, 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 oh. oh, yeah, the lottery simulator. simulator. Oh, so sorry. Gosh, I'm an idiot. Here we go. I brought it up and everything, and I was just uh, embarrassed by my story. So let's continue here. Um, here we go. The winner is. The Dallas Stars. We just thought, hey, this is the star show. This is rigged. This is completely rigged. Star hey. show. That's, that's go rigged. second and third. Second up, the Buffalo Sabers, who are the always, always the they're always the bridesmaid Buffalo Sabers. I'll say that they were second yesterday. So they, were, they were second for McDavid. So let's just remember they are second all the time. Um, always second. And then finally, the Winnipeg Jets. So uh, there you have your top three. It's interesting. I, I kind of wonder what the Jets would do at third. That that would be an interesting thing because like let's say Hishier goes second, it would if you would think they would take Liljegren like that would be great for them. Maybe they would take the uh, the Finnish defenseman, you know, because it's line A. Yeah, I don't think they would go that route. I mean, I don't I don't think uh, Valamaki goes that high. I, I just don't think they'll take another four. If there's a viable defenseman, I think they'll take a defenseman because they have so many forwards right we now. We say that's what they should do, but we don't know how. You know, the funny thing is, is when teams have a board. They really go by the board. They do. They have to because it's it's otherwise. So we don't really know who they're going to have on their board. You know who's going to be ranked higher. It would be interesting. Yeah, they have a lot of you know. Maybe they maybe they trade that pick. Maybe Winnipeg trades a pick because I could see this year. It hasn't happened in a lot of years, but I could see this year with teams trading down spots, trading up a few spots. I could see that this year. If the Jets could get a really good good uh, defenseman, you know that that could help them out. You know somebody who could help them down, like somebody that's ready right now. There's going to be a lot of trades at the draft. So I think that this draft especially is going to be insane with trades. So we'll see what happens. But Yeah, I agree. All right, guys. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.